Yes, we have a campus here. Thank you, Ray. We have a campus here, and we encourage our students, especially our aeronautics students, and uh, the majority of them will have an international career. Uh, I'm teaching two major courses, aviation law and uh, aviation security and policy, and we get a chance to see uh, in the steps of uh, in the Renaissance, in the steps of Machiavelli, Da Vinci, uh, the, the Medici, all of them experiencing uh, the, the, the cradle of essentially our, our, our Western thought. So it's, it's kind of exciting to be here and then giving the students a chance to travel internationally and experience. Um, and we did a, a trip uh, as part of our assessment to the Florence Airport. And uh, we, were, we were watching how the Italians are dealing um, with a, a very heavy increased air travel demand season right now as, as Europe essentially goes on vacation for August. So all, all really exciting. And I think this is our 50th anniversary that we've been here in Florence. Jason, you talked about international travel jobs in the airline industry. Is that going heavier than, say, the United States? And if so, why? Well, there's a global shortage of pilots, not just uh, not just in the United States, but also here in Europe. And the training's a little bit different. But again, um, increased air travel demand. Market's a little bit different here. Uh, there are several uh, different low-cost carriers, such as Ryanair, Wizz Air, um, uh, and 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 they are really uh, you know it's very inexpensive to fly, let's say, from Florence to. To uh, Paris, you know, for 100 bucks. Last year, I flew to Morocco uh, from Rome for about 150 dollars return. Um, so it's really fueling uh, the demand. And of course, too, uh, you know, they're putting pilots in the right seat at 250, 300 hours of time, where we require the thousand or 1500 hours in the United States. Also, too, coupled with the aging workforce, uh, is another issue, and uh, Congress is dealing with that in the United States. I will have to see um, in October where that's going to be headed. But right now, there, the talk is that the uh, retirement age now at 65 will be 67 with mandatory retirement uh, before the pilot turns 68. With us this morning is Jason Lorenz, an assistant professor aeronautics of Kent State University, doing some advanced teachings in Italy this week. Jason, I reached out to you to talk about the heavy airline work in the summertime season, I read the United States numbers hitting record highs, and then you're going to catapult into fall and the holiday season. How is the grid, how is the workforce holding up in the summer season in the United States? Well, again, what I'm telling a lot of people is to make sure, even as I you know, plan my trip back home, uh, to be patient. It may take me a couple days longer to get back home than originally anticipated because of the ha- heavy traffic. There may be flight cancellations. Uh, again, there's a pilot shortage uh, that's still prevalent. Uh, the other big issue is weather. Weather seems to be, uh, especially the heat wave that, that, that uh, you guys are going through right now, from what I understand, uh, does put a hamper on, uh, on air travel. So, uh, and as well, the air, the airline industry itself, uh, we're starting to see more movement of uh, the regionals now, to, including my daughter, as you know, um, who'll be going over to one of the regionals here shortly. She had a start date of uh, early December, and that's actually been moved forward now to early October. So they're getting more captains now. They're training more captains to fill the left seats. We do see some issues with United Airlines, some of the 
uh, people eligible, some of the pilots eligible to go to captain won't do it because, again, it's a change in seniority. Um, and we'll have to see how this, this, this all pans out. But, yes, we are now definitely coming to uh, uh, pre-COVID numbers, and people are uh, really want to travel. And again, with a little bit of um, some research to see when the best times to travel are, like I try to avoid traveling on the weekends if you can, you know, go weekdays and leave early, leave early in the morning. Those are always some helpful tips because, um, you know, you might get a weather event that disrupts the entire system. Jason Lorenzen with us, assistant professor, aeronautics, Kent State University. Jason, if people are planning for that holiday travel, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I know this is July 31st, and uh, should they make those plans now when you're talking about being patient and trying to find those flights? Is that a good idea? Well, I wouldn't necessarily book it. The rule of thumb I've always been told or taught is, you know, between 21 and 14 days before your trip. But I think now, um, you know, we're about six months out and start to see what um, what flights there are available and, and just watching that. Like Google Flights is wonderful to track prices. It also will track volume, which I think is important. Uh, the FAA on social media will also show when the peak times are to fly during the course of a holiday season. They did that on July 4th, but surprisingly, um, July 3rd and 4th were the two uh, days that weren't the toughest to travel. It was the 5th and the 1st that were. So the FAA does uh, produce that. You know, you can find it on Facebook or uh, Instagram. Uh, they, they do have a lot of good information on social media. And I think if you, if you plan uh, around that, uh, you know, again, you know, everybody's going to want to get home for the Thursday. Is it better to go a few days earlier or even perhaps on Thanksgiving morning? Uh, if you're willing to do that, that, that might be a, a wise thing. But the Google Flights is what I personally use, and it does keep a track of routes and volume and prices. Jason, I had this question, and you mentioned global pilot shortage as well as the United States. Internationally, how are they doing with training and educating young pilots? And where is the United States? We know Kent State is doing a very good job, but it's also prevalent across the country. How are we doing uh, globally and in this country of educating and getting young pilots ready to go? Well, I, I think the cost of entry is usually prohibitive in, 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 across the world. And, and ironically, um, our system in the United States um, a lot of airlines, international airlines, will send students, including Kent State, will send students to the United States for the specific purpose of training. Um, and some of them will actually set up their own schools, like the FANZA has a school out in, uh, I believe it's in Arizona. Several airlines will send their, 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 their pilots here. But I think it's the, the biggest thing is the cost of entry, uh, perhaps even the lifestyle itself. Um, but nevertheless, we are we are uh, doing the best that we can, uh, especially with the increased air travel demand. Um, and also, too, technology is going to start to be playing a, a bigger uh, part in this. Um, like, you know, the one we're, we're going to start to hear about the one-person cockpit, uh, the one-person flight deck. 
um, which we're not ready for that right now. Uh, the, the, the consumer confidence wouldn't be there. Right. Um, but those are kinds of things that, you know, we can look to see what's happening in, in 2040, perhaps, uh, you know, another 20 years from now. Uh, but both Boeing and Airbus and all the major manufacturers are, you know, they're expecting, you know, the need of an additional 600,000 pilots within the next decade. So, and again, everybody's doing the best that they can, coming up with different training agreements with universities, uh, airlines. Uh, we see airlines, even in the United States, um, starting to, to develop their own flight schools like they do here in Europe. Um, but again, that's still only a drop in the bucket of where we need to go. Jason, for, for a long time, we used to see a lot of military personnel who would get out of the Air Force and then maybe transition into civilian life as pilots with different carriers. Is that still happening or not? Well, the, it's funny that you mention that because the Air Force is actually in an active recruitment. They're short of pilots, too. Mm. Um, so, and you know, we had the, you know, uh, going back to Vietnam, a lot of those people, a lot of those pilots, that's, you know, they, 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 they went uh, transition very easily, and that was the norm until about the mid-'90s when it was, you know, you go through the military to become a pilot. Now the civilian... Uh, the civilian uh, training is what's in vogue right now. Uh, and, again, the Air Force is also having a shortage of, of, of pilots. 